Mamas. Welcome back to another episode of the Not Another Mama podcast. I am Phoenicia. Good day, Mamas. This is Ashley. And um, thank you for joining us for a second episode. I'm going to introduce Maria Rodriguez, who is the uh, Senior Director of Education of Planned Parenthood for Southern Arizona. Or I like to call her, like her unofficial cooler title is our sexpert for the day. I love it. I'm so glad to be here with you all and have like a real conversation about this stuff. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. So we're not going to prolong time. We're going to get right back into our icebreaker. So mamas, if you tuned in last episode, you know, we did an icebreaker and it's from (laughs) the game called Black Card Revoked. (laughs) So Maria has chosen her card and it's crazy because it says, according to mama, a good man will walk out of your life if you, A, don't cook, B, keep a filthy house, C, don't respect yourself, or D, don't give him any. Oh, Lord. Can I ask a quantifying question? <laughs> it's like, okay, what kind of man are we talking about? We're talking about one who deserves us? Or are we talking about? <laughs> it just says a good, man, a good man will walk out of your life. A good man. A okay. girl, a good man will walk out of your life. Hello, let's start there. Mm-hmm. Girl. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, my mom would always say if you don't cook, a good man will walk out of your life if you don't cook. Now, this is like old school like advice of course like back in the day it was like keep your man fed he'll you know Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) blade all the things yeah right Mm -hmm. um i'm gonna go with was it d doesn't respect herself uh that was c c Mm -hmm. that's gonna be my choice and we can maybe talk more about that later what that kind of shows up like in our lives and what that looks like and how some of that isn't actually our stories but stuff we were fed Yes, come on. I like that. Get to it. Ashley, what you got? It was was there all the above options? No. (laughs) (laughs) Cause that's my answer. Cause where I'm at right now, mentally with men, I don't put nothing above them, nothing past them. You know? Mm -hmm. So um since I cannot choose all the above, what was the there was cook what the what Cook, filthy house, don't respect yourself, don't give him any. Now they don't give him any, that's definitely a topic too. Yeah, that'll be my choice, D. Don't give him any. Um, Okay. Like they can put up with a lot, but withhold Nookie, they start questioning all their life choices. So that's my choice, friend. Okay, that was good. Yay. So since we have that question, that's a good segue into our first topic. So first topic is sex after pregnancy. Mm. So <laughs> me and Ashley, <laughs> me and Ashley was talking about this while we were brainstorming the topics and we were both like, yeah, I'm not really at a place where I'm comfortable with having sex since giving birth, mainly because, well, for me, I know I'm not comfortable with my body huh. just yet. So I don't know, Ashley, you feel that way too? I'm, 
since having Jabari, actually my my uh, a pain in my body has been positive. It has done a total turnaround from what it was pre-pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Um, but me, it's mentally. I just don't have a high opinion of men right now. And that is something I, I definitely need to talk to my therapist about. I just do not like them. There's, there's, there's two men I like in my, my life. And that's my dad and my brother. Everyone else, I'm just like, you know, like those are, the, yeah. I just, I'm just not feeling it. And it's, it's been difficult to get over that mental hurdle um, right. of, of seeing men attractive sexually um, in that respect. Mm-hmm. And I think it makes it worse because of who impregnated us. And how so, that shit went down. How that shit went down. It's just like, for me, it just made me see like men as being unattractive. Like, like what you just said, like just for that. And not to say that I feel mm-hmm. like all men should um, like struggle or take my wrath from that. But it's like yeah. right now at this moment, I'm just not in a place where I feel like I'm good today because I'm still Same. holding on to that. Yeah. I don't want to inflict as much as, as much as my opinion of men is not like the best right now. I don't want to inflict this on them. They don't deserve right. this. Um, right how I'm feeling about them. So I got to just take myself out of the, out of the pool for now and sit on the sidelines and, you know, sip my water and <laughs> right. get, get my shit together. <laughs> exactly. You know, so, Maria, um, what is your take? Yeah, this is such a big one. Um, first of all, I would just like normalize that where you two are is fine like it's more than fine like there shouldn't be a rush to kind of like move yourselves past where you really are and like what you're feeling like when Ashley was saying like oh no my opinion like Mm-mm. and all I thought about was like we actually have like three brains in our bodies so we have like the brain that everybody like understands we have like our gut has its own intelligence And our like vagina and our vulva has like her own intelligence. And so like trying to do anything sexually in particular where like she's not on board, like mm, mm -mm. that we've had a lifetime of stories of like how to override her intelligence when like our bodies know like this is not good for us. So I'm literally not going to let him in. And yet we try to override that with our thinking brain and be like, yeah, but like, he's okay most of the time, but like sometimes when he does it, like, but, you know, and then there's like, it's how we betray ourselves and our bodies knowing. And a lot of times that comes from a lot of things, but I can speak for myself. And like, that comes from feeling like there's a lack of men who might be interested in me and whom I might have sex with. Where it's like, okay, but if I don't do it this time, then like, who knows when the next time is going, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. like, which is ridiculous and silly and like my own shit, of course, right? But I think every single person who identifies as like a feminine woman and has like a vagina, like will know that feeling and have had that experience of like, what am I overriding here in order to meet someone else's expectations in order to meet my own expectations of like the stories that I've internalized of 
when I should be having sex after giving birth, for example, like the six week rule is like, oh, can we cuss on this podcast? Yes. Don't do it all the time. Because yes. I'm like, it's just Why? my like third language. <laughs> it's just utter bullshit. Like it's a standard of like, okay, physically it takes about six weeks for your cervix to go from 10 centimeters. Let's be very real about this. I double checked because I'm super visual. And so I double checked on the internet yesterday and it's like the size of a credit card plus like two more inches. So like, it's like, that is how much your cervix opens to let a human body come out of yours, right? And so it takes about six weeks to actually close back up again. So when they are talking about like, oh, don't have sex until six weeks or nothing in the vagina, tampons, fingers, whatever, right? That's because the chance of infection going straight up into your uterus because your cervix is literally open. It's like a direct elevator, like into the most, I don't know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like sterile part of your body, right? <laughs> is like, okay, let's on a medical level, make sure that that's closed. So we minimize the risk of infection. But I think in this culture in particular, folks have really latched onto that as a green flag standard of time. Mm -hmm. Of like, okay, if the doctor says that medically you are safe to have sex again, penetrative sex, let's be specific, right? Then you should also be at a place mentally, emotionally, not just physically, but also physically, right? Like spiritually, like ready for that kind of like connection with your partner or with anybody like, no, thank you. <laughs> right. And so this response that you two are sharing is so common, so, so common. And I've heard so many people be like, well, I thought that I should. So I just kind of forced myself to, right? Yeah. And then it's like, Yes. And then our bodies learn those lessons of like, well, what I'm trying to tell you, you're not listening. Right. So like, why am I even going to try to talk to you anymore? Right. And that's really when we can start disassociating a lot more than we like maybe already have from our bodies. I want to say real quick for the mamas who are listening, if, if you and your, your loved one just you know, could not wait and y'all just sat in love and that passion and you got down quick before six weeks or right after, but this is not knocking y'all at all. I don't want anyone now mm -hmm. to feel like this is like what you did was wrong. Cause you know, you know, you get in where you fit in, I Have guess. As much places you want, child. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> this is just us and our experience. I think I should mm -hmm. say that since it's going to go out into the wide world of the web, you know, how people react to shit on the web, mm -hmm. but we ain't knocking nobody. We just talking about our experience, our common shared experience. Mm -hmm. Um, in us not being ready to get back on that that saddle mm -hmm. yet yeah right. and can i also clarify there's all sorts of types of sex so many types yeah. of sex so many ways that people's bodies can go together that do not require a penis inside of a vagina yeah. um, and so but there's the like the common man would want to penetrate yeah and that's a deeper story too right of like what counts as sex Right. And like, what are you trying to get out of that? Is it sexual release? Is it intimacy? Is it emotional connection? Is it like access to your partner's body again? Because it was taken over by somebody who was like renting out space, you know, for nine months. Like those are yeah. conversations. 
months. But I just, I really dislike this idea of like six weeks is the green flag and then everything should fall into place, should fall into place. And if it doesn't, there's something wrong with you. And there's something wrong with how you care about your partner. There's something wrong about like, no. But that's six weeks if, let's just say your baby did not tear you. Now, if you have a tear and you had to get like sutures or stitches like me, like my baby tore me. Like I have second, I had a second degree tear. So mm-hmm. my baby's hair was pretty big. So I had to get stitches. And for me, I was like, yeah, I'm definitely, my body is definitely not where I want it to be. And it's not going to be for a while. Right. So even now I'm still kind of like self-conscious about like certain things that I do, the way that I sit, because I'm just like, ugh, like I just don't want that feeling. But I didn't feel anything when it happened because I was like, of course, still numb and anything like that. You're in the zone, girl, having a baby. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But the after effects is like you feel very tight in that area. So it's like you have the cervix, vagina, everything still big. But then you have this tight space that's even tighter because you have stitches. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's just I, I can't even explain it. But the feeling of trying to have sex at six weeks, knowing that that's there, I wouldn't even feel comfortable doing that. So I guess for me, if I were to have a partner, I hope he would be compassionate and considerate about that and not see it as, oh, well, she just don't want to touch me or she's not really like into me. And it's just like, no, nigga, I just had a fucking baby. (laughs) Right. Right. You have no idea what my body just went through. Like exactly. maybe you were in the room, but like this is this is an experience like no other. Yeah. Right. So it's it's a absolutely no for me. And I really feel for women who have guys who kind of feel like they're entitled to that mm-hmm. as if like my body belongs to you type of shit. Yeah. Like, no. Absolutely not. Especially if you're on like kid five or kid four or whatever like they just feel like oh let's get back to work and it's like no (laughs) Um, don't touch me don't touch me (laughs) right don't we have enough already stay off of me yeah exactly so yeah Yeah. that's that's my feel on that i can't yeah Mm -mm. there's a lot there i mean there's so much around like aside from the marathon of actual labor and birth let's and the nine months of pregnancy, right? Like, let's add that in too. Like, you know, as far as kind of lending out your body to someone else in service of this like new life that you were creating, right? Like that's its own journey. And when they're so, so tiny and literally relying on you all for survival, mm-hmm. there's the kind of like touching and intimacy that you're getting with the little one, right? Like. There is also a thing, so there's a thing called skin hunger, right? Which like a lot of us felt during the pandemic, where right. it was like, we are literally like designed to want to hug and cuddle and feel other people's bodies and like feel satiated and like, oh, right, I'm not alone in this world, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's also like overstimulation of just like physicalness, right? Of like, oh, I'm being, this happens a lot with toddlers in particular, like, they're just like, no, they're constantly on me and touching me. And like, I'm super overstimulated. And my level for how much touch I need has left the building two weeks ago. Like, yeah. so, yeah. 
you get to a place and then there's another human who's wanting to come at you with like also physical affection and intimacy. And you're just like, I can't, I cannot. And yeah. it's nothing personal and it's nothing about your relationship. Probably not. Right. It's just like, mm -hmm. I am physiologically overstimulated. I cannot handle that. Right. Another layer too. So that brings us to a good segue to the next part. So sex during pregnancy. Hmm. So ugh, for me, I can't really, um, <laughs> I can't fathom. I, I mean, that might be a little immature. I don't know if that would be immature, but I can't fathom trying to have sex while I'm pregnant. Like, especially knowing that the hormones that I had, the changes my body was going through, um, not wanting to be touched while I was pregnant. So it's kind of like imagining trying to be that like sexually available for a partner. If I did have one at that time, if he still wanted to like have sex now, granted, I mean, when the baby was smaller, of course, when I just found out I was pregnant, then yeah, maybe. But when like my baby is actually <laughs> like formed and yeah, you trying to hit it from the back. No, I don't. <laughs> no. I don't see it. I, I feel the same way. I did not want to have any kind of intercourse at all while pregnant. And I know there are women out there who like, um, like they talking to some of my friends who have had kids. They say like their hormones are all over the place and they were like hornier than usual while pregnant. And, um, yeah, yeah, I just did not feel that way. I did not feel horny at all. I just felt tired and I just felt uh, really worn out. And I just could not tap into that side of myself um, while while pregnant. So, yeah, it's a, no, I can't imagine trying to like, you know, sex is vigorous, like, right? Like, it's like a lot of energy, yeah. you know, you're like, change of positions and you got to moan and you got to like be so exactly. tapped in. I'm just like, I can barely make myself dinner. I can barely go to bed, use the bathroom. What am I talking about? Like, no, yes, no, thank you. Mm -mm. Oh my God. I love you so much. I want to say like, that's fine. That's okay. Every pregnancy is super different. There are like some standard things of like at this point, you know, your little one will have developed legs, right? Like, sure, there are some standards of pregnancy, but also each journey is so unique. So like you said, Ashley, some friends might've been like, Woo, there's like a whole new layer to my sexuality with my relationship and like was not expecting that. And while I think there is really important beauty in sharing stories with each other, um, there's a lot of good in that. It also can lead to comparisons and really judging ourselves for having right. a different experience than the one that was shared with us. Right. Um, and that happens for a lot of things, but if we're talking about pregnancy and sex and hormones and how you feel in your body and what's going on, like people have so many different types of pregnancies and their body reacts in so many different ways. And like, talk about a time when like all your shit can really come up, right? Like right. If maybe we've got like 
this much of a handle on our body shit before getting pregnant and then you get pregnant and then you're like all right i'm out like i don't even like where do we even begin now exactly (laughs) so like there's always a this might happen this might not happen you might be somewhere in between you might be nowhere on the spectrum and that's okay but i would say that if for those who are listening who are in partnerships or did have partners when they were pregnant like that would just require a lot of communication and compassion from their partner and understanding for sure. Like a lot of communication on the pregnant person's part to be like, Hey, I need you to know this is where I am. It's not like, you're not going to read my mind. I have to like take ownership for like sharing my experience here. Right. Because there is a lot that's like unsaid in relationships that can really lead to stories that are like two people are having very different experiences, even though they were in the same room, right? Um, And it's like, no, we just, we need to talk about the reality of this and how like all bets are off to what we thought we knew about our bodies or our relationship maybe. (laughs) Right. Yeah, I just, I couldn't fathom. I don't know. My pregnancy just wasn't the best. So even thinking about like dating while I was pregnant, like for some reason, people kind of felt like, oh, well, you're not with, you know, the dad or whatever. Why don't you just, you know, date? And <clears throat> depending on who actually listens to this episode, uh, a couple of people who have given me this advice may. So if that is you, I'm so sorry, but not sorry. Um, telling me that I should date or I could still be dating because guys love pregnant women. Like they love women Ew. who are giving birth and they want to take care of you. They want to coddle you. And I'm just like, are you really telling me this? Is this your advice for like me to get through my pregnancy is to date? Okay. <laughs> like yeah. what? No. One of my guy friends actually said that I should do a, a dating profile while pregnant because for the same reasons. And I was like, I don't know what that, that sounds really creepy. No, I'm not looking for, okay, so for one, to me, that translates as me looking for somebody to help me take care of my baby. Right. Mm. Yep. And that's definitely not the message that I'm trying to put out there if I have a profile. Yeah. Like, absolutely not. And then plus putting that out there and telling someone, hey, you know, side note, (laughs) I'm eight months pregnant. (laughs) And they're like, okay. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I just got it. It's priorities, right? Priorities. Yeah. You know, the person who told me this, he said he actually saw though he's actually like saw a lot of pregnant profiles when he was scrolling through the the dating websites. Uh, um, and so he was okay. like, it's 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 normal on our end as a guy. Like we see it all the time. And I'm just, I just couldn't, I can't believe it. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I can't believe it. They bring in the other end of that though. So. I understand hearing that like you two had very similar experiences in your pregnancy and in your thought process of like what you had the energy for and where your focus was going to be. Right. Like, no dating while pregnant, not for me. Thanks. (laughs) Like moving on. Right. And there are two things I wanted to bring up one that like sex while pregnant can be all of the wonderful, beautiful, like bring you close intimacy things that like we hope from 
non-pregnant sex with our partner, for example. And there are a lot of ways that that can be done safely, that that can be done um, so that the comfort of the person who's pregnant is like utmost, right? Um, lube is always your friend. Pregnant, not 18, 75, I don't care. Lube is always your friend. <laughs> Just always like water-based lube if you're going to be using condoms, silicone. There's also many different types. The market is wonderful about that, but like lube. Um, and again, communication, right? So there are some really great things to sex during pregnancy. And that is, like Ashley said, right? It's not a trying to like throw anyone shade about like whether that's what you chose, that's what felt good for you, any of that, none of that. Um, I will also say that later in pregnancy, and I don't know if this was just like on the sh list of things to tell pregnant women without asking whether they were actually having sex with the penis or not at home, but like later on in pregnancy, right? Or if it's a high-risk pregnancy, people are like, actually your medical professional will be like, but like don't have sex with the penis because there's like a hormone in sperm that actually like starts like can induce labor. Wow. Um, and so I don't know if you all heard that when you were like later on in your pregnancy, if your doctors were automatically like, yeah. oh, by the way, and hopefully your doctors knew your situation, right? So maybe didn't, yeah. but like there is, yeah, it's very real. So like there is, you know, for people who are overdue or for people who are um, just, that's been a part of their regular life of sex life during pregnancy. It's like, okay, well, even if you're in a monogamous relationship, maybe keep the sperm away from the cervix. So like using a condom, even if it's like a monogamous relationship, right? But like later on for overdue patients, it can be like, well, you know, one thing that he can actually do for you to yeah. help start yeah. 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 is right. like get some actual sperm in there. And I think it's so fascinating how our bodies are like meant to work together in that way. Um, so that's one thing. And the other thing is about like dating during pregnancy, right? Like so many reactions are like yours to be like, but like the fuck? Like, how do you, what? So many questions, right? Exactly. <laughs> so many questions. So like during pregnancy and after giving birth too, right? Like, what if this like single done by choice continues for you all? And you're like, no, I'm actually not interested in out looking for a partner to like help me raise my kiddo. Like I'm good. And I'm still a sexual human. And I might at some point want to engage in what can be really fulfilling, fascinating, fun, incredible sex. And like, then you're just a single person out there having fun, not looking for anything serious or a relationship, right? And I think that that gets super demonized too. Where it's like, oh, but your baby's so young. How dare you be out there dating? And it's like, so much of judgment comes from fear and stress of like what is known, right? So it's the Madonna whore complex of like, you are okay to be a sexual human until you start mm -hmm. nurturing another human, mm -hmm. right? And it's like, mm -mm, I get to make my own choices, thanks. <laughs> about all of that, about what dating looks like, what sex I want when I'm like dating after pregnancy, like when my little one is home alone, not home alone, I'm gonna take that back, home with beautiful, caring, wonderful support people, right? Like, and you can go and like feel confident, like those couple of hours are yours. Go do what you want with your body and with your life. Right. I just wanna really, 
like let go of this shame and judgment that we put on pregnant people and people who have just had babies. It drives me bonkers. Well, single mothers in particular, like the stigma that people, or I would say guys, well, women could be just as judgmental too, but guys, like some of the things that I was reading on social media while I was pregnant in regards to how men feel about single women who are pregnant, Mm. like... I saw a status where a guy literally said, like, when a woman becomes pregnant, if she has kids, she's like, um, oh, my God, what was it? What was the word he used? Basically, it was just like, she's no good. She's no longer pure or anything like that. She's basically, like, scarred or something. Like, something that he used. And it was basically, wow, this is really how y'all feel about single women who have kids yep or just a child like we're discarded we're not even worth talking to or anything like that i have so many thoughts but i want to give ashley (laughs) no it was definitely the same thing i read as well like the like it's like you're not human anymore right it's like, you're not a human, you're not a woman anymore. And then it's okay to dump and unload and say the worst things about single mothers. And, you know, don't let there be a shooting. Uh, uh, don't let there be like a shoplifting of a kid. And then they go back to like, was he raised in a single household? See, like, that's what he gets. You know, he was raised by a single mom. And like, they, like some of the society's worst ills are placed on the shoulders of single mothers. And um it blows my mind that people think it's okay to spread this language just absolutely evil and vile language in a public forum and and they're supposed to nod in their heads like yeah that's right it's single mother's fault for everything you know whether you stub your toe or whether the stock market crashes it's a single mother's fault it seems you know um so it's crazy I, yeah that's same. so stupid with the dads not being in the lives of our children people feel like we should um accept dysfunction for the sake of having both parents in the child's life even though and regardless of what they did how they treated us um the things that they felt we should accept the bare minimum we should just overlook those things and still allow them to you know take part in raising our babies and i just no. no i said absolutely not people may bash me about they say, well, that's his dad and you need to let him. Absolutely not. Because he, once again, the response that he gave me when I told him that I was pregnant was a definite red flag. It was a yep. red flag times five. So yep. it was just like, oh, okay, so that's how you feel about me. So I feel, so I'm not even worth it. I'm just discarded trash to you. Like you just yep. shooting up the gym, just, just to shoot up the gym. Hello. Hello. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and people will talk around the mouths about single moms, but no one ever mentions the father that did not stay, who decided that they were not going to stay, you know? And it's like, I, I can't believe we're focusing on the the parent that stayed and t- telling that parent that they're the worst and then telling them to settle, telling us mothers to settle for mediocrity, whether it's like accepting a partner, um, or or being shameful. People want us to be shameful about being a single mom, which I don't understand that bullshit. Where the fuck did that come from? Like they want us to be like so ashamed right. of what happened and and like 
and, and blame ourselves for for a broken home. There's nothing broken about my home, you know, at all. My my child is well cared for. My child is kissed and loved up on every single day, provided for. Um, Rhea knows this. Manisha knows this. I have a community. I could pick up my phone and and in five seconds have a loving, caring person who will protect my child as if it was their child. I can have that in, in less than five minutes. So my home is not broken at all. Um, but I just cannot stand that concentration on the woman who stayed and decided to raise their kid. And then to let this absentee father who just ghosted out of the, you know, into the wind, they get a free pass. You know, they don't. Exactly. They don't get called the task unless it's by the mother of their child. But society gives these fathers a path for sure. Yeah, it's exactly. not patriarchy. Patriarchy, damn you, capitalism and patriarchy. Yeah, right? This, like, kind of hear you. that. Yeah. Like, the, for sure, the default of, like, oh, what did you do wrong to, like, you know, run him off, right? Like, yeah. that. Yep. And then there's the, like, of course, like you said, well, was he raised by a single mother? And like, with which does not leave room in the conversation for community care. It does not leave room in the conversation for like, what the reality of for a really, really, really long time before the Industrial Revolution, like how we raised children was in massively large communities, whether they were friends, whether they were extended family, whether they were just a literal next door neighbor, right? Like, there was a group of people, as Ashley mentioned, that like, helped to love on that kid and take responsibility for that kid and like showed up for the hard fucking work of like the first few months and like loving on on their mom too right because you all don't cease to exist just because this cute little munchkin has arrived right <laughs> like, like all of that and me i think that is just so forgotten about and it bothers me to no end because I, I know there's all this research and statistics short, like we can talk about that, about how difficult it is to build community in the worlds in which we live now, right? Like when we're moving for jobs, when we're moving because our partner got another job, when we're moving because like, you know, the safety in that neighborhood and we have the privilege to move into a safer neighborhood, right? Like all of that, we don't, so our people can really be spread all over the US, all over the world. Like we talk about immigrants, we talk about climate change. Like there are real reasons why people are moving away from where their like home was originally, right? Um, and what does that mean for being able to create and recreate continually community where here's another trope stereotype that bothers me to no end where like, in your in y'all's cases, right, the strong black mama, like who shouldn't need to ask for help, who should, right, all of these like specifics of like should and shouldn't, not like be ashamed of asking for help because shouldn't she be able to handle it by herself? Because wasn't that her choice to be a single mom, right? Mm -hmm. And like also to be like, mm -hmm. oh well, I don't know if I can show up for you that way because asking for help is vulnerable as shit, like asking for help is really saying out to the world, like, I fucking can't. And while I'm trying to normalize that every day, all the time, I'm like, I give up seven times a day. Like, I can't. 
fucking hard, right? right? Like it also, we need to remember that that is like extending that grace to everyone, like checking in, being like, okay, how's it going? What can I do for you? Right? Like, can I come over and hold this little munchkin while you take the first shower you've had in three days? Like whatever. Um, But all of that shame and isolation is like the opposite of good for a new baby and his mama. Yeah. That's what I'm going to say. Man. Shame is a bitch. (laughs) It really is. Mm -hmm. It's a bitch. Agreed. Yeah. It is. It's a bitch. So that was definitely one of the main things that I thought about. Like when I got pregnant initially, I was very ashamed of myself. And it's crazy because anytime I tell people that they're like, girl, you like, you're 31, you have your master's, you have a job, a good paying job, and you're not out here chasing after anybody to do anything for you. You're you, you're accomplished. So having a baby is not the end of the world. It just may have happened when you didn't want it to happen, which is true. Because I wasn't planning on having kids anytime soon. I was stuck on the whole, I want to be married. I want to, you know, at least be in a house with my partner. And then I have a baby. But of course, that did not happen. So, and I didn't, of course, I never had it in my mind that I wanted to end up with the person that I was impregnated by. It was literally just a, I need my pipes cleaned. Can you help me? I love that. Love that. You were very clear on what you wanted from uh, that transaction. Same friend, same. And then something extra came along. Right. <laughs> I need my cleaned. Can you help me? You know, oh was God. drinking. Yes. It was a woman who enjoys their sexuality. Yes. Exactly. So, yes. I mean, I'm just saying, at this one time, it just happened to, okay, all right, I got pregnant. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And that was that. So <laughs> you make choices with that information. Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> Can't help it. Like I just I have to be honest about it because anytime I tell my friends about I'm just like, y'all, like I was how what is it have sex? Like the yeah. sex was good. I wasn't gonna tell him to pull out. We like sex. Like <laughs> I don't know if you know, but we like sex. You know? We're okay. Like you know, how was I supposed to know that that was gonna? Well, listen, okay, definitely unprotected sex. You know the, the <laughs> you know the chances. I'm sit here and like smile cutely at you too. <laughs> listen, unfiltered conversations, authentic <laughs> conversations. That's what we pride ourselves on. We're figuring the shit out. We're but I mean, I just. If you yeah. have unprotected sex, you know it's going to happen. You know the chances, but you know, any other time we, you know, interacted, it didn't happen. I didn't get pregnant, but this time it was like, okay, <laughs> all right, we're going to take pregnant. <laughs> That's your lesson. What do we learn here? What do we learn here today? If you have a uterus, what's the lesson we learned today? Those three things come together. That's your lesson. Right now, 
listen, so you say, exactly. And then they like go down the fallopian into the side of your uterus so it can start growing. Oh, like my that goodness. is its job. I love this conversation. That is the sperm's job. Record. That is the egg's job. That is the uterus's job. Once again, oh, I just I love you all. Cleaned, I love you so much. He cleaned them and he left a little speck of my baby boo. <laughs> so, yeah. It's oh, adorable. That's that. Okay. I have a thing that I want to like ask about that there, though. It, and it this is, is not is at all like, a, oh my God, you should have shameful. But it's a larger conversation of like, okay. What is it about not asking men to put condoms on? Right? Like you're talking about like, oh, I'm a grown ass fucking woman. Like, and you are not so many other people I talk to all the time are like, right. like it's just easier. And like, what if we just like the and yeah. it's like, what is it about like what are we scared of, fearful of, ashamed of, I don't know, fill in the blank, of like putting up boundaries right of like these it's not just oh there might be a pregnancy it's also like there's some life-threatening illnesses out there that are like sexually transmitted right like with a lot of intervention and medication hiv for example is not the death sentence that it once was 40 years ago right it's not and it has also shifted the statistics of like who most likely will end up with hiv is women of color who sleep with men and like that is so many reasons for that and i've talked to so many like really like stand-up phenomenal women who are hetero and having sex with men and are like but i just that's just an area where i don't show up in the same way as i show up in other parts of my life like it's harder to negotiate like condom usage barrier method usage dental dams like I condoms for oral sex on a penis. Like these are all like, as a sex educator, you should be doing technically. Right. I also know that like, as a human that happens way less often, like you talk to like, um, I have, a, I have some beautiful, wonderful lesbians in my life and they're like dental dams. Nah, that's not a thing that happens over here. You know, <laughs> like, cause they're like, but is just the risk of infections when there's like two vulva and it's like true yes and right and it's like okay so there's the standard of like what is the safest sex you can be having sure sure do all those things and we also know that in human dynamics that doesn't always happen right and like we are human and so there are times where oh my god when i was younger i mean Ashley knows I have a whole very different spiritual situation now, but when I was younger, I was like super atheist because it was just like a revolt from the Catholicism that was like shoved down my throat right when I was younger. And so, but I had unprotected sex because I was messing up my birth control pill so much that at the end of like that time with my boyfriend, before I switched birth control methods, I was like, there is a God. I did not get pregnant. <laughs> And I should have, right? When you're talking about statistically. And so I've been there. Like I've been the one that's like in my head, like, but did I take my pill yesterday while we're having sex? Right? Like where I'm like, but was it yes or was it two days? Was it three days ago that I took my pill? Oops. You know? And then like, so I'm just wanting to have a bigger conversation of like, what is it 
that keeps us from protecting ourselves in the same way that we protect other people that we love? Well, for me, this person, we, this is not the first time that we had sex. So for me, I guess it was the fact that I was comfortable Mm -hmm. with him. So I didn't like push the fact of, oh, let's use a condom. And mainly because the, like any other time that we had sex, I didn't get pregnant. So Mm -hmm. it was kind of like a, okay, so this is a fun night. I'm not going to get pregnant. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And it happened. On the one night when I was really just like, I need to have a condom on. We, no, nothing. So, and that does cross my mind too. It's kind of like a, if he, you know, if you didn't want to get me pregnant, you had the choice of saying, hey, you know, like, I don't really want to have any kids right now. So let's just... You know, use a condom. He can work whatever. Condom. I wouldn't turn it down. It was still right. a dick. So, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. wasn't going to say no. Of course we can use a condom. So it's kind of like a, yeah, I knew better. I could have, but I didn't. Like, that was just one of those things. But any other time in the future, yeah, of course. But not yeah. with him. Yeah. I'm not having sex with that person ever. Girl, that, like we said, lessons were learned. Uh-huh. Lessons were definitely learned. And for me, you know, to answer that uh, question was a few things. Yeah, I felt comfortable with him. Um, and, but also for me, y'all, my, my, I had a myomectomy like five years ago. And for those who know what that is, a myomectomy is a procedure they do when your uterus has fibroids. Fibroids are like these non-cancerous tumors that grow on your uterus. And so I had a myomectomy had a lot of my fibroids removed, but the end result of that was that my uterus was kind of like, it was in pieces. And so we weren't even sure we being my doctors, like, you know, the consensus was like, your chance of getting pregnant is so low. Saying this out loud, I know it's not an excuse, but it's the reality of the situation than what it was for me. That was my mentality going into this. Um, and, uh, yeah, I didn't think I would be able to get pregnant at all. Here I am, you know, Maria's going to laugh at this pushing 40 at 37 years old. I'm just like, you know, I, you know, things down there are probably like starting to dry up and shit. And just, you know, she was doing her own thing. I was doing my own thing up here and she was doing her own thing down there. We were not talking to each other in terms of like my brain and, you know, my uterus and vagina. We weren't talking at all, y'all. We didn't know what the fuck was going on. Um, so you know, yeah. I wanted to have a good time. I had an excellent time those two nights. I know, I know exactly when my baby was conceived. <laughs> I just know. Exactly. I know how many exactly. and where. Time, y'all, I know. I know exactly. exactly. So this idea of like, oh, I don't know how I got pregnant. Girl, <sighs> bitch, we know how we got pregnant. You know, like. <laughs> exactly. I can tell you the exact moment and the exact position in which my baby just fell on down a little too. Hello. Hello, bitch. I can tell you. Yeah. Right there. Yep. It's not y'all. That's one thing y'all don't have against me. I know when my baby was Hello. conceived. I know where. I know where we drive by the I can drive by the exact location every single day. It's fantastic. You know? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. You know, talking about encouraging some condom usage. I was just not, my mind was just not there. And like I said, I was mm-hmm. in conversation with my girl downstairs and we were just, we were just living life on the edge and living wild. Um, yeah. And um, yeah, that's what, that's how, that's how it happened. And, you know, at the end of the day, I don't really blame anyone. 
I just feel like, you know, if you don't want to have kids, you know, men, men have say too, they have control over their bodies as well. And like Phoenicia just said, a condom could have been worn at any time to get this stuff locked up. But, um, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad you said that because I really want to point out that even in this conversation, it's so easy for me to fall into the trap of putting the responsibility on you two, right? Of like, well, tell me, let's talk about like why condom negotiation didn't come from your mouth. Why the fuck didn't it come from his mouth too? This was like a mutual situation. You were not impregnated by yourselves magically, right? Like, what is it about them not speaking up for themselves as well? And in that same way, right, in reaction to you all being like, oh, by the way, I'm pregnant, them being like, who had anything to do with that? And you're like, is that really what you're going to do now? Really? Exactly. Right. Uh, I'm just going to say this is a massive plug for (laughs) sex ed early and often. And I'm going to say that the skills necessary for a safe, consensual, happy, exciting, pleasurable sex life are actual skills. Like their negotiation skills, their communication skills, they are things that like kiddos need to know about and start practicing really early so that the more that they practice, the more comfortable they are and the more like power they feel like, whether they've got a penis or a vulva, right? The more power they feel in those situations. And also we're yeah. human. And so there's like a, like a pinch of magical thinking, like just in the way that we experience life where it's like, I mean, it hasn't happened yet. So we're good. Right. Like that is yeah. also very real and is very human. So can we talk about birth control? So birth control for men, birth control for <laughs> women. So I know as soon as my baby popped out, I was like, I'm putting my ass back on birth control. I haven't been on birth control in years. I think it's been like almost like eight years since I've been on birth control. And the crazy thing is, is right before, well, I was probably pregnant at this time. When I was going to see my OBGYN, I was asking her, hey, um, I want to get back on birth control. You know, can you, you know, give me something or whatever? And I was pregnant at that time and did not know it. And that one time I didn't even get a pregnancy test when I went to that visit. Like she didn't even test me to see if I was pregnant. Oh my gosh. So literally, Ashley, the day when I found out I was pregnant was the exact day I was getting ready to start taking my birth control. Girl, won't he do it? That divine timing, girl, won't he do it? <laughs> but, and I, you know, the funny thing is, you know, after... Right. After like my weekend of... of fun, drunken shenanigans, I was like, I'm going to do a plan B, you know, because I wasn't thinking like if, if this shit does, if I do end up being pregnant, you know, he's not, my, my baby daddy is not from the United States. He's in Japan. So I was just like, if I do get pregnant, this is not going to work out well with him being overseas. I mean, here, let me just go get, do a plan B. But baby, baby Ruben was like, fuck that plan B, bitch. I mean, I'm in here. We're here. And so it's, it was just not the plan didn't work and then you know talking about birth control girl I see your birth control and I raise your hysterectomy because I'm getting a hysterectomy I'm just throwing it out there 
with the issues in my uterus, the, the fibroids are back in the five years that I had my amectomy, y'all. My fibroids came back with a vengeance. Jabari had to fight for his life in there in my uterus to, to, to make room for herself with those fibroids. I'm not doing wow. anymore. I'm not doing none of my amectomy. I'm just getting a hysterectomy. That uterus has got to go. And if I decide to have a kid, I'm adopting or using a surrogate. That's just the decision I've, just, I've come to and I've, I'm okay with it. Yeah. Well, that's birth control. It is. Yes, it is. That's friend. permanent birth control. <laughs> the permanent type. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it is. You cannot undo that. And that is a choice. And that is a choice that many people choose, right? Yeah. Um, so many things. Okay. So options for birth control for people after they get, give birth, everything is available, right? Everything from like a daily pill, monthly ring, depend again, depending on your type of birth and your healing, right? Like Panisha, you were talking about like, okay, cool. This was a fun ride down there. Let's, I don't know. So a ring where you have to put something into your vaginal canal again, like that might not be your jam, right? Like, no, thank you. So there's the three month shot, right? There's so many long-term birth control methods that are reversible. So even for like, um, for a lot of folks, when they've got, they're giving birth, they're like putting in the IUD at the same time to be like, well, everything's open. So let's just get both of those going. Um, it's, it's just, I'm just saying there are options, right? Rather than having to wait no, the like however long until the healing happens to go back in there for another procedure, like putting something back into the uterus, right? Um, and let's also talk about choosing to breastfeed and the possibility of pregnancy after that. So, so many people get pregnant during the like, after I've given birth, and I'm breastfeeding, so I thought that I was covered, but turns out I got pregnant anyways. And it's like, yes, there's a very specific like number of hours that you need to be breastfeeding in order for ovulation to stop, in order for your body to be like, oh, right, right, right. Okay, so we're busy like giving milk and giving life to this like new thing that we just created, got it. Okay, so let's shut down the system down here for a minute because we're getting messages from our body about like breastfeeding. Cool. But that's got to be like at a certain level. It can't be intermittent breastfeeding. It can't be like, in, yeah, inconsistently. It's got to be like a certain amount of numbers and talk to your medical professional about what that is currently. Um, I've had a lot of people talk to me about getting pregnant like right after giving birth without them knowing about it. Cause they were like, well, I'm breastfeeding. And it's like, Ooh, it's more complicated than that. Um, and so let's get very real about the feeling that you two have shared, right. Of like, no, the penis is not going anywhere near me for the next eight years, whatever. Right. <laughs> like, and exactly, exactly. <laughs> And we are sexual humans, right? That like get to change our mind whenever the hell we want to. And like how we feel about our bodies and all of that. So I would say, even if it doesn't feel like a conversation that like you want to be having, I think it's important to talk about, like, especially if there were a long-term partnership, right? And someone was like, well, sex might be back on the table before eight years from now, right? <laughs> so like conversations about what kind of birth control 
works for your life currently, what your goals are for that birth control, and whether you're going Ashley's route of just like, nope, we are shutting down everything, we are taking everything out, or a tubal ligation, a vasectomy for the people who got you pregnant, if that's part of your relationship, right? Like, let's talk about vasectomies are so, so effective. They're a very quick outpatient procedure. They are way less invasive than a tubal ligation. And really, there's no excuse. (laughs) There's that. Yeah. (laughs) And then as far as what's on the market is for birth control for men and people with penises, it's a vasectomy and it's condoms. That's what we got so far. Yeah. I just wish there was just something. It'll be so funny if guys had a type of birth control where <laughs> they would say something like orally. And as soon as they were getting ready to ejaculate, it'd be like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Let me plug that back. I'm just. <laughs> We can dream. We can dream. Nothing here. No. Vacuum that back on up. Like, I just. That's hilarious. Oh, like, like Una reverse, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Not today. First skip, you turn back for that. No. <laughs> Uno out. Una out. Nothing. Out. <laughs> Let's be clear too, vasectomies don't interfere with how a penis functions, right? It just means that it keeps sperm from being a part of the ejaculation, which like you wouldn't even really notice anyways. You have to go back to the doctor and get like a sperm count that is done by a professional under a microscope to be like, how many little swimmers were in this ejaculation like three months after you had a vasectomy, right? And it's like, okay, zero, great. You're good to have sex without a condom because these things are like cut off in the way that they were supposed to be cut off. Right. So like your functioning doesn't like, isn't impacted. The kind of sex you want to be having with your partner isn't impacted. Your masculinity is not impacted. I'm going to say that again. Your masculinity is not impacted by having a vasectomy. And honestly, there's a lot of, um, research that says that relationship satisfaction actually goes up after a vasectomy. And also, if people are splitting via choice more equitably, people are happier in their relationship and they have more sex. So let's just put that out there. Interesting. So tell me if this is a myth or not. People have said, if you want a boy a woman should lay and do nothing. Mm. The man oh, should do all the work. Oh, Lord, girl. This is what we're here for, though. This is what we're here for. The people say, women, you should do nothing. You should lay there and let the man do all the work. So missionary style, he should be on top and he should be basically knocking it out of the frame. Yeah. It's a myth. <laughs> Blowing really back out. He- knocking it out. I'm really glad you that's rearranging your box or, all the things huh <laughs> you can go back to your mama or your auntie or whoever told you that and be like maria said it's bullshit 
those are things that people are saying like legit if you want a girl like the guy has to like uh-huh. tilt a certain way uh-huh. like is that uh-huh. like it's no. not so here's okay. what's so fascinating <laughs> what like gender of kiddo you end up with it has nothing to do with the position there's nothing to do with the forcefulness it has nothing to do with whatever it does however have to do on which sperm reaches the egg and is allowed into the egg. So it is mm. it a sperm that has like genetic coding for like girl or is it a sperm that has genetic coding for boy? So it's the sperm that mm. actually decides like which gender. So think about, um, was it Henry VIII who was like chopping the heads off all of his wives because they wouldn't give him a son? Oh. <laughs> it was back in the day, right, you know, I am not a historian. Many times ago, many eons ago. And he was like putting the blame on his wives, right? Where he was like, this is why he created a whole new like Anglican church is because he couldn't get divorced in the Catholic church. So instead he was killing his wives because they were like, it's not funny. <laughs> like, because they weren't giving him a but son. It but it is. But it right? Because they weren't giving him a son. When I was like, bitch, it's your sperm that is deciding that like you end up with these girls and like nobody right. has control over that. So like right. the male can't be like, all right, guys, we're going to get it together. We're going to only shoot out boys today. Right? Like, no, <laughs> total luck of the draw, but it is, does come from like which sperm meets with the egg and which sperm the egg chooses to like let in, um, which is also, I think so fascinating because it's not just like, we used to think it was passively like the race of the sperm to the egg. And then the egg just gets like beaten. Kind of. Yes, exactly. <laughs> no, the fucking egg is like, not you, not you. No, no. This, the egg chooses. Just want to make that clear. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that is too funny. Yeah. Oh, my so, no. The positions and all of that have nothing to do. It's totally just luck of the draw. Wow. And I really wanted a boy. Like, even before I got pregnant, when I wanted to get pregnant, like, in my timeline, when I said I was going to get pregnant, I was like, yeah, I want my first to be a boy. Because if I had a little girl... <sighs> uh, <laughs> see, I wanted a girl. I wanted a girl. I had girl names all picked out, and then... That ultrasound's like you're having a boy, and I was like, "Oh shit, damn!" I just I can't like I mm, no, I'm not a girl mom at all. Mm-hmm. Like I had names picked out for a girl just in case, but I was like, "Yeah, I'm not gonna need those, so I'm just gonna like keep looking at the boy names." Yeah, and lo and behold, when I got the genetic results back, she was like, "And you're having a boy." I just cried. That like, I cried. That is so sweet. I really wanted a boy. That is really that sweet, is so sweet. I was just like, I don't know what to do with the boy. I was like, please God, I don't know what to do with boys. I don't even like boys. Don't no, please God, please give me a girl. Just to eat. Like right now, getting him ready every day is the easiest thing. That's true. Like with a little girl, it's just I feel like it's so much. Like you have to pick out a cute outfit for them to wear every single day. Like their hair has to be brushed a certain way. You have to put a little bow in her head. Um, it's like you, her pacifier has to be like glamified. She has to have rhinestones on everything. Her sock has to have 
ruffles. Oh my gosh, friend. <laughs> she had not even think about it. I was like, yeah, give me all the cute, the cute clothes and the bows and the little hats and the little little leg warmers and all the girly shit. No. It's just so many pieces to a little girl's outfit. And it's just like, with my baby, I could just put a cute little hat on him, a onesie and some socks and a bib. Boom. Good baby. That is true. The bib, the bib ties question? that shit all together. It's like the put him on whatever. That bib matching, is. the outfit works. Boom. Bib. Right there and shit. Yep. Can I ask a question about that though? Yes. Okay. <laughs> whose story is that? You know, like whose story is it around like, oh, what little girls have to look like versus like what we're allowing little boys to just kind of get away with, right? Like, where does that come from? It's generational. Mm -hmm. It is. It's very generational. Like I was definitely, um, I was visiting a friend this past weekend. Um, I'm not going to say her name, but I was visiting a friend this past weekend. She just had a little girl in July. And her family wants her to send a picture of the little girl every single day in a different outfit. Dressed wow. Up. Wow. That sounds exhausting. Yeah. So she's just like, yeah, they want a picture of her and she has to match like yeah. everything. And the person like she's a complete, I don't want to say she's a tomboy, but she's not like, she's not extremely girly mm -hmm. like that. So to her, just simply putting her baby in a onesie and a cute pair of socks may have been good for her. Yeah. But to her people, it's like, no, we want to see her in cute little outfits all day. We want to see pictures every single day. And it's like, granted, for me, I wouldn't mind sending a picture, you know, to my family every day. But my baby's just going to have on a onesie and he may not have on no socks. Take the picture. Yeah. Right? I don't think Jabari wears socks on a regular basis. You know, like he has a onesie, again, a onesie and a bib. His hair, I don't even, I don't even comb his hair half the damn time with Jabari. Like, Let's not talk about it. You know, I don't even do all that shit. And, and like costume changes for babies. Like, I, I can't. It's too much. Can we do a shout no. out to like all the older aunties and grandmas and like everyone and just like stop making this harder for them. Stop making Thank this you. harder for you all, for the new moms. <laughs> Please stop making Please. Like, there's already so much that needs to happen just to keep this little thing alive, <laughs> let alone like looking like I have so many thoughts about gender stereotypes, but I feel like maybe later. <laughs> Put a pin in that because we're definitely going to talk about that like in a different episode. So we're definitely going to invite you back. Got it. I'm here for Yay. it. For that. I would just say, like, you're making this harder on new moms than it needs to be with, like, shit that maybe just needs to die. Like, what is important is how we show up and care for each other and love each other. And I understand. Believe me, I come from a Latin American family. Like, I get it. My aunt was constantly giving me shade about, like, not being super fucking made up just to go to the grocery store when I would go visit them in Central America. Like, so much. And then I also got like a pass because it was like, oh, because you live in the States. So like, you don't really know. Okay. So we're mm, right. But I was like, I'm 12. What do you mean? Put on a full face of makeup. What? And even when I got older and I decided not to do that for myself, right? I was older and more steady and could be like, 
I mean, if you want to do that for yourself, great. That's what feminism is about. Everybody makes their own choices, but that's the thing, right? Is like, let's not make it harder by like pouring on our values or expectations over gender, which we will come back to later (laughs) on new moms. Like they're keeping this thing alive and happy and loved. Like, yes, they're freaking cute when they're tiny. They're so cute when they're tiny. Mm -hmm. And as long as they're not, you know, in decent exposure out in the wild, like that's fine. Exactly. (laughs) That's my opinion. I agree wholeheartedly. Granted, during my pregnancy, I was like, I wanted to keep a sense of normalcy by at least making myself up when I would go out to certain things, not to a grocery store or whatever. But when I was going out to church, if I was visiting with family and we did an outing or something, I always felt, well, let me just dress up and still feel like myself. That was my homage to like prior Phoenicia before I got pregnant. Now, I do have days, moi, where I'm just like, you're going to take what I give you. I'm not putting on makeup just to go check the mailbox, just to go for a walk, just to go to a doctor's appointment or anything like that. Now, granted, I'll have days where I'm like, hmm, I should, maybe I should go ahead and put on a face just because, just to put on a face. It's makeup, it's sitting there. Let me use it. (laughs) But it's not like a, like a thing where I feel like I have to like look a certain way because I'm trying to catch a man. Let's talk about that. Yes. Also, that's your choice. And I love that, right? Like you get to make that choice for yourself based on how you're feeling and what your heart wants versus like expectation that someone else is putting on you. Right. So I love that. I'm not trying to catch a man right now. Hell no. I'm putting that out there. I don't want you right now. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. You've been both have been very clear. I love it. It's important to know yourself. Get back from me. All you little wieners, stay away. (laughs) And also that it not be missed. You get back, you stay in. Get back. (laughs) A little like cross with holy water, garlic. (laughs) Like, I don't want any of that right now. So if I don't look presentable for you or presentable enough for my family, it's just like, like you said, as long as my baby is healthy and breathing and he's crying every other hour for a bottle and he's laughing and playing, then I'm good. Same. I may look like tragedies are commonplace, but I'm okay. Right, right. Yeah, right. I'm good. Yeah. I'm not trying to catch a man. Like, I'm not using my baby as bait for a man. Ew, no. And even no. I mean, if really, like, just I'm keeping the baby happy, whole, healthy is the priority right now. You know, that is, that is to the top yes. priority, the only priority and everything that pertains to me for right now comes secondary. It's not going to always be this way. You know, there's going to be some kind of balance and leveling out, I think, but I'm always, I'm always going to like, you know, I'm always going to, what's where I'm looking for y'all like take care of my son. I'm always going to like build him up first now because that's, 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 you know, that's what I bought in the world. He is my responsibility. Priority. Uh, you know, he's priority, you know? Right. So, right, yeah, dressing up for other folks. Like I, say, I do dress up for myself. I don't, I don't think, I don't know. I mean, I wear makeup, um, but I don't, it's more for me, not, you know, and 
I don't even, and sometimes I say it's for, it's sometimes for my mom and dad. So they know that I'm okay too. You know, before I had Jabari last year, I was going through some things where I was just, I was not cleaning. I wasn't cooking. um, And I just kind of let the few things not only say go, but this just, I might, I just wasn't there all there healthy in my, in my head. And so, you know, now I'm back and now I feel, I feel better than, than before I was even, you know, like pregnant two years ago, you know, like I'm just, I just feel better now. And so I, and so I dress up, I, I try to look good so my parents can see too, that I'm, I'm okay. I'm where I'm getting back to. Okay. Um, but yeah. Yeah. And I love that. It's for you right? Like you want to reflect how you're feeling great. And that's the other piece about just being in these bodies that we go out in public and all of a sudden, I mean, you said it, Phoenicia, earlier, right? Like people who feel entitled to our bodies where it's like makeup, no makeup, fancy makeup, regular day makeup. Like it doesn't matter. Like it's not about y'all. <laughs> right. It's not about you out there. It's about me and how I want to show up today. Exactly. And that's what we're doing. We're showing up. Hmm. As long as we show up, we're good. Yes, it is. You know? That's it. So, who mama's figuring this shit out? That's our tagline, by the way. I love that. (laughs) Figuring this shit out. Figuring this shit out. So, Maria, thank you so much for coming on today. This is like the best interview ever. Yay! Oh my gosh! Yay! Thanks for being friends. So glad you enjoyed it too. I had such a fun time. Oh my gosh! Yes. yes. And it's just like there's something about. I mean, as much as I love Ashley, I just I feel so protective of her, and so every time that something comes up that like you two shared, right, where I'm just like, what do I have to fight to like get? And whether it's like. <laughs> gender stereotypes or whether it is like dating expectations right or whatever like <clears throat> like i want to be someone who's out there advocating for new moms like not just because i have a wonderful stunning one in my life but because like this is this is generational shifting like you said Phoenicia, right like where do these older expectations come from that like keep including you like under the kind of pressure that like you don't particularly need right now. And I know you said it was about your friend, but in general, I think there are other sorts of generational expectations that we get. Um, And so like, however I can show up and support y'all and like fight whoever I need to fight to, to make your lives easier right now. I'm here for it. Thank you so much, Maria. We really appreciate you. Um, Thank you. You had already said a mouthful. So I feel like we don't even need to tell you how much we value you. So I know you and Ashley know each other very well, but I really, really appreciate everything that you shared with us today. It was very enlightening for me as a new mom. And I'm really excited to bring you back for another episode. Because we're going to get deeper into some stuff and you touched on it a little bit, especially about the gender stereotypes, mm-hmm. especially us, you know, being new moms and, you know, certain things that we feel like we don't want to press our kids to do just yep. because they're boys. Yep. So, um, Ooh, yeah, so we're going to get mm-hmm. into that. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and start writing your notes right now. So start that today. Yep. <laughs> 
so that when we bring you back, we have all the topics about that. But just thank you so much. Thank you for your work, what you do, what you stand for. And we are so delighted that you decided to join us today. I so appreciate the invitation. Yeah, friend. Thank yep. you so much. So mamas, that is it for another episode of the Not Another Mama podcast. Thank you so much for chiming in with us today. We surely hope that whatever we share today was a great help to you or to someone who you may share this episode with. So please be sure to like, comment, and subscribe for our YouTubers and follow us on Instagram at Not Another Mama podcast. We have 80 followers now. Oh, shit. What? <laughs> what? We followers. Hey. So come on you to click that follow button and follow us for all of our little shenanigans. We're gonna have some fun things coming up pretty soon. So yeah, thank y'all so much for chiming in. And this is Phoenicia. And this has been Ashley. And we love y'all. So peace out, mamas. Bye. Bye, ladies.